Hello, everybody. Welcome to Stuff We've Seen. This is your host, James Kent, along by my virtual side is Teal. Hello, Teal. How's it going, Jim? Uh, it's going pretty good. And just to start off this program, I wanted to wish a happy, happy birthday to our friend, listener, and uh, one-time guest, uh, Craig Wasson. It's his birthday today. Happy birthday, Craig. Yes, yes, yes. Ides of March and Craig Wasson's birthday, which is going to be easy to remember it's every It's going to be very easy to remember. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, but yeah, you know, but birthdays aside, we've got big, big business to get down to. Uh, Ooh, it's a big day in Hollywood, huh? <sighs> well, it's a weird, this is the weirdest Oscars that I can ever remember because uh, this is about the time when they actually finally have the award ceremony is usually yeah. like mid-late March. And that's always too late, it feels like, because <laughs> it feels like, right. you know, already we're several months into the next year. But uh, last year they did it early and I liked that. Yeah. Um, it was a little hard to see all the movies because it was so early, but uh, it's almost like they knew. See, you know, like Hollywood secretly <laughs> knew there was a pandemic coming because it's all their fault. So they that, tried to get it in early. Yeah. That's why they did, you know, act. Conspiracy theorists, think about this. They have the award ceremony, and uh -huh. then suddenly everything shuts down. Mm -hmm. I got my big glass of fizzle drip right here. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, so anyways, this year, it's the complete opposite. They decided to extend the period so that now, yeah, so what are what are the actual dates that are included? I, I I think it's something up to March a movie could premiere and suddenly it qualifies. That seems That's very insane. weird. Okay. I feel like, and that makes it really a mess because if I see a movie that came out this year and I thought it was one of the best films of 2021, doesn't right. you know what I mean? It's, just, <laughs> it, I don't know. it's apparently no. It, it doesn't <laughs> count as this yeah. year. So I think that what, and they made these decisions, they didn't realize at the time that, uh, so many streaming services were going to pick up these movies right. to then release them. And I think that if they had known that, maybe they would have just kept the date. But they did this. And so when you see a title and you're like, but wait a minute, that just came out on my uh, Netflix <laughs> right. this year or something. That's the reason. Uh, so trust me, if it's on here, it's a movie that counts in the Oscar okay. season. And it can't count okay. next it's confusing. I know. It's very confusing. Um, so even more confusing, some of the nominees you might be like, well, okay, how can I see it? There's no theater. It, they're playing, believe it or not, in some theaters. Like if you're, right. you know, if you're lucky enough to have a theater open and you're willing to venture out <laughs> to see it in a theater, um, you know, maybe you had your vaccination and mm -hmm. you know you're just itching to go and spend money in a movie theater contained with other people who might be infected. <laughs> I have a friend, uh, my neighbor across the street, she's gone to the movies a couple of times and uh, each time she's been there, she's the only person in the theater. Well, that is the advantage, right? If you do yeah. get to go to the movies, there's not going to be very many people there. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> you know, They say, you know, 25% occupancy or whatever. I don't know what it is here, but uh, yeah, definitely uh, it, it doesn't mean that there's that it's full 25 percent well i did find out because i live in vermont and the theater that i actually had it because i live in kind of attached to a city which is right. good but i don't live in like in the burlington area which is the big city uh they have the big theater up there and they are open only on a few days a week uh, mm -hmm. but that's like an i mean it takes an hour and 40 minutes if i want to go up there so you know yeah, that's <laughs> yeah that's a movie in and of itself well if i had a free like an entire free saturday what i would do is i would try to go and see like three movies right because otherwise it's just not worth it 
But then also in Montpelier, which isn't as like it's about maybe an hour or so, I found out that their little art theater is open and it is playing a nominee that features oh. throughout the uh, the stuff. Now, here's the fun thing for uh, those who might be listening to our first ever Oscar nominations. We've done this as our third annual, but for yeah. you, if this is the first one you've ever listened to, the fun part about this is that Teal doesn't know what any of the nominees are. I have the list, and I do yes. know. I have uh, no idea. I've been in a uh, media blackout yeah. for the last six hours. Six hours. It's so funny because they literally just announced it like two hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just wanted to make sure. Yeah, exactly. Know. In case somebody was going to call you in the middle of the night saying, we, you know, this is Price and Waterhouse. We have the nominees <laughs> killer. We want to tell you about them. No. Okay. We're going to jump right in. Uh, we never do the the main ones first. I, we, we start at the sort of back of the pack. Yeah. And we're going to go with best visual effects. Oh, okay. As kids, we used to love this, this category. This was my. This was the only category that Star Wars got nominated, and therefore the only category that meant anything. <laughs> exactly. But uh, we've come a long way, and <laughs> from that, and now, uh, again, you know, this is really what's funny is this category has probably hurt the most because all of the big whiz bang special effects movies that might have come out in 2020 <laughs> right. are not are not out <laughs> they didn't come out they so all not- got pushed i mean that's the fascinating thing about this year overall is that a lot of the big budget movies got pushed and yeah. It's lower budget movies that came out, and those are probably more the nominations. I will tell you this before we get that what what I thought is actually cool about this year is whether or not I agree with the choices or not. A lot of films that got nominated are movies that probably would have been part of the conversation, but right. then would have been left out for those big Hollywood films with their big budgets for you know marketing and trying to grab all the awards. So this exactly. year, this year it feels like an independent film festival. It, yeah, yeah. Okay, so best visual effects. Going to start mm. off, Love and Monsters. Do we even know what this movie is? Never heard of it. Never heard of it. Okay, this one's going to crack you up because there's just no way it should have been nominated. The Midnight Sky. <laughs> what? Yeah, I know. You hate that movie. Oh, I hate that movie. I hated the effect. I, no, yeah, oh, no, yeah. no. We're starting on a dour note, but okay. Uh, uh, another okay. one, and maybe you I'm- saw this. I didn't. Mulan. Uh, nope, did not see okay, it. Okay, I didn't either. Do you know this movie? The One and Only Ivan. I've heard the title. What the hell is that? <laughs> I have no idea. I don't know. What? So, <laughs> I don't know. It's got special What is effects. going on here? I know, this is so crazy. So, I don't even know what that did is. Did you IMDB anything? I haven't, no. I, I haven't, I, look, I, I, it's amazing I was able to pull this together. Um, okay, so this is the movie that I'm going to predict will win the best visual effects, probably uh-huh. should win over these, these this cluster, Tenet. Oh, Great visual effects. Well, I know. A lot of it was practical, too. A lot of it's practical, so that's interesting if that's competing with CGI. Yeah, I mean, come on. Look, whether you like the movie or not, that whole backward scene, I couldn't make heads or tails of it, but it was pretty amazing visually. Oh, yeah, no, it looked cool. It just, I have no idea what was going on or why it was going on or... Yeah. yeah. I, I don't think okay. the Academy did too, because you're not going to see Tenet too much. In <laughs> that does not surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, best production design. All Ooh. right. The Father. 
Interesting. Yeah, okay. I don't know. There's a movie. I haven't that seen it, but I, I was that's not a, an award I would have expected from yeah. my impression is that it's a you know, it's a fairly small drama. I haven't even seen the trailer for it. That's Neither have I. I. I just I, know the I title know. and I saw the poster. <laughs> I want to see it, but that's the one that's playing in Montpelier, by the way. I could oh, maybe okay. drive up there, but boy, I don't know. <laughs> I yeah. feel like driving there, but yeah, but production design. You know, okay. That, I'm moving. I'm cutting you short. We're going to get We don't need to spend too much time with the father for production design. Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, best production okay. design. Okay. Yep. Um, and you saw that, right? I did. I yeah. did. And I'm and now I'm thinking about the production design. And I, yeah, I, I, I can see good. that actually. Yeah. I can too. Yep. Uh, this uh, next nominee, I definitely feel it deserves nomination. Mank. Mank definitely deserves nomination. Yep. Yeah. As a matter of fact, yes. I haven't seen The Father, so I don't know if like the room that The Father sits in is very well produced, <laughs> but, you know, uh, I'm, I'm going to probably say that Mank's going to win this, but who knows? Yeah. Uh, the next nominee for me on this is a little bit of a head scratcher. Okay, I guess. News of the World. Huh. You see? It's a huh. Yeah. Huh. I guess they recreated those yeah. old Western towns. Yep, that's never been done. Yep. And, uh, and you know, the wagon <laughs> that he drives. That's a good production design in the wagon. <laughs> I mean, the towns <laughs> look, I mean, it, it, there's nothing wrong. Uh, like, I know. It, it's really well done. It's just not that. It's a tough year. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> okay. it's a tough year. Okay. okay. Uh, and then the last nominee for best production design, Tenet. Hmm. Oh, you got a hmm on that. You're not, you're not sure. <laughs> I guess so. I guess uh, yeah, so. You know, yeah. Okay. All right. Um, and again, now the next uh, category, it used to be one of my favorites when it first was invented in the early 80s. And since then, since they don't use this kind of, uh, really don't do this stuff anymore, they've morphed it. And it's best makeup and hairstyling. Oh, yeah, because yeah. makeup doesn't really exist in the same yeah, way anymore. They used to call it the uh, best Rick Baker movie, basically. Is what it was, right. It was yeah. basically Rick Baker nominated against other people. But um, <laughs> now your nominees are Emma. Okay. <laughs> yep. Didn't see it. Hillbilly Elegy. <laughs> oh i did see the trailer and that was some great hair yeah well makeup you know they had to turn uh glenn close into uh meemaw yeah so okay uh best makeup and hairstyling ma rainey's black bottom hmm okay uh mank mm-hmm Probably going to, for me, I'd probably give it to Mank, but, uh, you know. And then the last, I don't know, I guess there's a version of Pinocchio running around. What? <laughs> yeah. There's a version of Pinocchio running around. <laughs> that can't be. No. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but I yeah. don't know. Sorry. That movie doesn't exist. It does. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. Uh, best costume design. Oh, okay. Get excited for Emma. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see it? No. Okay. <laughs> but it's got Anya Taylor-Joy in it. Interesting. You know, the um, the chess player. Right, right. That you didn't see. That I didn't see, but I know what you're talking about. Okay. Uh, another uh, nominee for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Okay, cool. Yep. Pretty good costumes there. Yeah, very good, I think. Yep. Yeah. Uh, another well-deserved nomination uh, for Best Costume Design for Mank. Yep. Okay. Yep. It's always these period movies. 
Absolutely. Well, they have to do a yeah. lot of costumes, you know. Uh, Mulan. Okay. And then <laughs> you can the Did you see the Mulan movie? I didn't, but I'm but I'm laughing at the next the last nominee. Oh, it's okay. Pinocchio again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. This. What is this Pinocchio movie? I I Can I look this up? I, no, I can't. You, you, I didn't know there was. Oh, that's right. You can't touch. The, you're on a media blackout. I'm in a media blackout. I can't look up the Pinocchio movie. I didn't movie. know the cartoons and, and costumes, but no, I don't oh. know what this is. Now, didn't like Benini? Yeah, that isn't this, right? Did they finally release it? Is it that? <laughs> they finally released it. They were like, well, it's a pandemic year. Wait a minute. So. You know what? they make? I'm, All right. I'm not even going to look it up. We'll, we'll laugh later. Okay, best sound. Now this is interesting. They cut a category. There is no best sound mixing and editing. It's all one one thing now. Oh wow! Is this a permanent change? I, you're asking me like I'm the part of the academy, and I know. Yes, no, I but, am. but it I, used I, to be just best sound. Then they broke it to two categories, and now it's back to just best sound. Okay, fascinating. Yeah. So I guess you know they'll just hand out. I mean, you know what? It was kind of silly because. It was always the same movies, pretty much, and it was always, it was the, same always the same people yeah. for both categories. So I guess they just get one Oscar now instead of two. Probably best that way. Mm-hmm. So, best sound, Greyhound. Oh, the Tom Hanks yeah, movie. Probably pretty good. If I had a super surround sound system, I would have known. Um, okay. What do you think of that movie? Oh, you know, it was, you know, it's like a TV movie that was, and it was, because it was on Apple TV, but, you know, <laughs> I mean, you know. It was all right. We reviewed it when you were not around um, back oh, okay. in the summer. Bill, Bill and I reviewed it. Okay. Um, okay. This I actually think is great. Maybe a winner here. Uh, Mank. Okay. The sound yep. was amazing in Mank. The sound. Well, it was. It, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Old yeah. sound they, design. It was. Just, yeah. The whole sound design was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, there's one where you could actually be like. Oh, yeah, you know what? There's something where the sound really was a character in the movie. Yeah, and it, yeah, it, because they tried to get that kind of big hollow theater sound for the music. Exactly. Uh, yeah, okay, that was, yeah, interesting sound design there. Cool. Um, now for the great creaking sounds of the uh, wagon, news of the world. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> well, it's funny. I I had this suspicion that News of the World was going to show up on a lot of stuff just because uh, it's one of the few big budget movies. I, I guess so. But uh, and maybe people see, you know what? What we didn't like about that movie was probably what everybody else did like about it. It was that familiar Western Tom Hanks. It's hard to hate him. Uh, didn't hate the movie, but uh, no, I, I liked the movie. Yeah. I didn't love the movie. Okay, another best sound nominee, Soul, the Pixar movie. Oh, yeah, I didn't see it. Uh, I guess the sound was good. Uh, you know, it was a Pixar movie. That's what I get. Yeah. Now. I Pixar <laughs> used to be something for me. Now it's oh, it's a Pixar movie. Yeah, it's nice. Not not hating it, but whatever. Uh, here's another interesting nominee. It's either going to be Mank or this movie. I think for best sound, Sound uh-huh. of Metal. Okay, which I have not seen yet. That's, which is a mistake. You really need to I see know, that. I know. It's one of the one of the few remaining uh, 
possibility. Well, maybe this is the only category it's going to get nominated. Right. Yeah. You don't know. I, I do. have no idea. I Just you no. wait. Okay. Uh, but what's interesting is is that it has to do the job of trying to create what the experience is for a character who's losing their hearing. Right. So that's all about sound. Yes. And so of course it's going to have some good sound. And, and it is. Just but it's an interesting use of sound. So yeah. there we go. Okay, now I think this is possibly your favorite category. Best original oh, yeah. song. <laughs> yeah, and you know I'm what? Gonna, okay, just read them off and I'll take a little nap. Okay. No, this is, no they're funny <laughs> and just like like there's even a song in these movies. Uh, Fight for You. Can you even guess which movie that's from? Mulan. Judas and the Black Messiah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's another one. Hear my voice. Do you want to guess the movie? Uh, music by Sia. <laughs> no, Trial of the Chicago Seven. <laughs> okay, this is pretty funny. This there's like one great little like comedy uh song that made uh-huh. it. Husevic Eurovision Song Contest: The Story of Fire Saga, <laughs> which I've not finished, but my wife and uh, I me, have. Me neither. It. I watched the first. I don't know, 20 minutes. Yeah, I watched, we've got about 50 minutes in and, you know, it's just like, it's there. We don't need to get, we'll get to it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I may not get to it. Low C, which means seen for the life ahead. Never heard of it. Wow. Okay. Have you heard of it? Nope. Okay. And now here's another one you have to guess. Speak now. So we've had fight for you, hear my voice, speak now, or forever hold your one night in Miami. <laughs> These must be things that play over the credits, right? At the end. Yeah, that's exactly what they are. They're things that yeah. play over the end credits. Hear my voice from the trial of Chicago 7. Fight for you, Judas and the Black Messiah. Speak now, one night in Miami. <laughs> yes. Okay. Best original score. Here okay. we go. Um, and you know what? I have seen all the films that got nominated for Best Original Score, and, I'm, and I think that they're all pretty good as far as original score, with the exception of one movie, which we'll, mm. when we get to it, I think you'll know what I'm talking about. Okay. All right. First nominee, The Five Bloods. Pretty good score. Yeah, pretty, pretty good score. Yeah. I like that movie. Uh, second choice, and this is my personal favorite of the five, would be Mank. Yeah, me too. Yep. I don't, I don't know the five, but when you first announced the category, Mank was the first thing in my mind. Yeah, and that's uh, another nominee for Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. Yes. Um, they do great scores for Fincher. Uh, then we have the score for Minari, which I actually thought was a pretty good score. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Then good this pick. this one, I actually bagged on the music when we reviewed the film <laughs> because it just felt such like a trope is the music for News of the World. Yeah, I kind of felt the same way. Yep. Um, and then the last is we've got some double nominees here. Trent oh. Redner, Atticus Ross, Soul. Oh, I didn't realize yeah. they the were involved. The music is great in, in that. Uh, my personal favorite would be Mank, but I think the Academy is going to vote for Soul. Yes, I think you're right. And the one score that I thought was good that got left off, I thought it was a lock, but it just shows you how much the Academy hated this movie, Tenet. Oh, interesting. I was sure that um, Midnight Sky was a lock. 
<laughs> okay, there, comedy man. <laughs> I know you're joking. I know yes, you're joking. Sorry. Okay, now yes. I have. I got some pages I got to see because I got most of my nominees on one page, but then I got to find the page the other one goes. Oh, okay, here we go. Another. We're gonna move through this quickly because I've seen nothing. <laughs> oh, really? Well, best documentary short subject. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Just <laughs> okay. I'll. Yep. Yeah, just I don't go. Know. Colette. A concerto, a concerto, a concerto, I don't know. Concerto. A concerto, thank you, is a conversation. Uh, do not split, hunger ward, a love song for Latisha. Latasha, Latisha. Latisha. Latisha, I'm not sure. I have no idea. Okay. Are there any, uh, sometimes you find like a weird uh, celebrity name in there. In the ah, it doesn't have any of the people on it, so. Okay. I just have a list. I know. So we're going to go on to documentary feature. Okay. okay. Um, the first one, Collective. Not sure what that is. No. Second one is available on Netflix called Crip Camp. And we haven't talked about it because I didn't think you saw it, but I found it unbelievable. It's amazing. Okay. Yeah, I haven't seen Have it. Have you heard about it? Yes. I, I recommend it because it's really interesting. You know the Mac Malcolm Gladwell um the, uh, the the outliers. Yes, yes. And you know how it talks all about how, you know, it's like the right group of people at the right time, the right exactly. place. Exactly, yeah. Well, that's really the interesting side note to Crip Camp because it's it, it sounds like it's going to be about um, a camp that got kids who had disadvantages in the late 60s or right. 70s. But it goes beyond that because it focuses on this one particular group of kids that met at this camp who went on to become um, activists for the movement to help people with disabilities get oh. rights in this country. Oh, that sounds really interesting. It's, so, it's phenomenal. And what you're really struck by is that it was all about the conditions, the place, the time, the people that right. were there, and the spirit that this camp really invoked, and just how they were treated like people, and it gave them a sense of power and purpose. And they took that, and they brought it into, let's get rights for us. It's That's really, very cool. It's a great, okay. great yeah. documentary. So I don't know, really if, you well. know what the other ones are, but I've seen that and it's great. The Mole Agent. Don't know it. Don't know it. My Octopus Teacher. Oh, oh nice. We know that one and we yeah, love, we love it. that one. So that or Crip Camp so far are like two that I've okay. seen and love. And then the last nominee, Time. Don't know it. Don't know it, but boy. I just love that I've seen two of the documentaries. Yeah. And great. Crip Camp and My Octopus Teacher. Best International Feature Film. Okay. Is that what they're calling the category now? Yeah. They started calling it that last year. Okay. Yeah. Instead of foreign language. Yeah. Well, because if it was back to the foreign language film uh, and it was submitted by a country and foreign, I don't know, is, is I think, is Minari an American production? Yes. Right. Brad so even Pitt at, produced it. So even at foreign film, I don't think it would have qualified. Um, but it certainly doesn't qualify in the international feature film. Right. Quality, so. And so there's got to be some rule about where the financing comes from to determine if it's in this category. Yeah, there's a bunch of different categories. Well, it has to be submitted by the countries and then you pick right. the countries. But anyways, another round. Okay. Definitely, I've been. That's on my list of movies I've wanted yeah. to see. So I'm, I'm yeah. hoping to see that. Better days. Don't know it. 
Don't know it. Collective. Do you know it? It wasn't that in the documentary. It is. Yeah. So somehow it's made it into international feature film and documentary. Interesting. Yeah. The man who sold his skin. I think it's from Tunisia. Okay. Don't know that. Uh, Kiovadis Aida. Don't know. I don't know. So those are the those are the international feature films. Okay, too. interesting. It's funny that none of those really filtered through into the streaming services. Well, they might, kind of... though, and we just don't know. So we should start looking for them. Yeah, I mean, they, they definitely weren't. Uh, I didn't see a lot of them in like critics' year-end list or anything. I can, no. Not that but I except can for remember. another round. Except for another round, yeah. Okay, best live action short film. <laughs> We're yeah, just going to read care. it the titles. Feeling through. The Letter Room, The Present, Two Distant Strangers, and White Eye. No? Great. Yeah. Okay. Nope. Nope. No. Nothing. All right. Got nothing there. Best animated short film. I don't know any of these either. Burrow, Genius Loki, or Lochi. Uh, if Anything Happens, I Love You. So, Teal, If Anything Happens, I Love You. <laughs> okay. Good to know. It's a little love letter of the film. <laughs> Opera. Okay. Yes, people. Yep, don't know any okay. of those. Well, you might know some of the best animated feature films. I probably have heard of those, yeah. Okay. First picks are on the list, Onward. <laughs> Did which not I see liked. It. it was actually, I, in a weird way, it's not as artistic as Soul, but I liked it better. <laughs> Interesting. It was like okay. more fun. Uh, Over the Moon. Hmm. Do you know it? I don't. Okay, I don't either. Uh, a Shaun of the Sheep movie, Farmageddon. I didn't, I, uh, okay, Shaun of the Sheep, <laughs> Is great. Is streaming somewhere? Uh, probably, but uh, I've never watched that Shaun the Sheep thing. Yeah, I know. Soul. Oh, really? Huh, that's a big surprise. <laughs> yeah, it's probably going to be the winner. Whether it deserves it or not, forget it. it uh, but uh, did you didn't see that one? No, I didn't see it. You've got kids. Don't they want to watch? Uh, no, they don't. They uh, they don't want to watch cartoons. I think that my uh, youngest watched Soul with us. Okay. And this one, my youngest and my wife watched and loved was the one that – there's always now the animated film that probably should win versus the right. Pixar that will win is Wolf Walkers. Oh, I really want to see yeah, that. I was they, just reading about it yesterday, actually. Yeah. So if my if my youngest and my wife got to vote, they would have picked Wolf Walkers because okay. they loved it. So there you go. Look at we've really. I feel like we've got our our our, our process down pretty well because we're moving and grooving through this. Well, we're also moving and grooving through a bunch of movies we've never heard of. I know, but you know what? The first year we <laughs> the first year we did this. It was we. It took us a long time to just get through those. Well, maybe you wanted me to like tell you, like, well, what is this movie? I'm like, I don't know what it is. <laughs> I've asked you a few questions already, and yeah, you don't know. So yeah. maybe I'll just stop. No, stop trying. No, now you can start because now I think we're getting into <laughs> films that we have seen a lot of the nominees for. Right. All right. Best film editing. Oh, not, not on the list. Tenet. Which I thought the editing was interesting, except for if you can't make sense of the movie, I guess it's not. <laughs> yeah, I I could make no sense of the movie, and I think that that last sequence, uh, 
the battle sequence makes no sense whatsoever on a visual level. Yeah. By the way, have you been have you been to your primary care physician? Because I'm pretty sure that that movie can cause tumors in your brain. (laughs) The ending. (laughs) Plant something in there. Hold on. I got to get another uh, sip of fizzle drip. Oh, okay. I'm rejuvenated. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so anyways, uh, best film editing. Uh, I'm going backwards here. instead mm-hmm. of from the, So the trial of the Chicago 7, which I, I was not a huge fan of this movie. I did give it a thumbs up, but I liked the editing in it. I thought it was the best part of the movie. I know that sounds strange, but I really did like the editing. I Yeah, you mentioned that to me, and I uh, I, I paid attention to the editing while I was watching it. And I, uh, yeah, I guess the editing's good. I just dislike the movie so much. That yeah, but you have, a, get... you have a preconceived hatred <laughs> of Aaron Sorkin. So, <laughs> so that really tainted your experience from the get-go. And you were resistant to watch the movie for months. I was. And then I finally, <laughs> I finally sat down and watched it, and I just i'm not a fan of the movie what do you to to me it feels like this is this is my take on the film it's a big production netflix movie with a lot of costumes and wigs yeah but also like uh almost all small interiors uh there there's not a lot of big big epic type scenes they Uh, shot it in two three five right yeah yeah you know because that's uh, because aaron sorkin doesn't know what he's doing well, that's the thing is he doesn't know what he's doing. I mean, I can go off on this movie, and if it ends up as Best Picture nominee, I will go off on it. Well, but. I think you have a chance to say some more stuff about Trial of Chicago 7 as we get <laughs> okay. to it. So we'll save some some hatred. But. but let me just say, if there's anything good about this movie, it's probably the editing. Okay. So next nominee, Sound of Metal for Best okay. Editing. Yep. And uh, – you know what? It's funny. I, I don't. I don't know if that's what stood out for me the most in the movie, but okay. Right. Uh, Promising young woman, which okay. I thought the editing was good in that. And here's a nominee you actually pointed out the editing as something oh, that you thought was really good was Nomadland. Yes, I do think the editing is kind of amazing in that movie. Yeah, Right. And so it's interesting about that is, uh, it's a little side note, uh, for you, the listener, the reason why you tune in to Jim and Teal is we'll give you the nuggets of information <laughs> that many will not give you. But the Academy, and it's the editing branch that nominates, Yes, they traditionally do not like it when the director of the film is also the editor and they very rarely if ever will nominate the director for the editing but here chloe zhao got a nomination for best film editing for nomadland it's pretty amazing yeah it is i i I don't know i mean has that happened do you know the history of that i don't know but i mean i think the coen brothers may have been nominated for Fargo, yes. Yeah, but they do it under an assumed name. Well, Everyone yeah, but knows still, it's them. No, but. they didn't know it's them. But I'm just saying is I think they've been nominated. But like Steven Soderbergh does it under an assumed name and he doesn't get nominated. Right, right. Um, and he, he shoots us things and they really hate that. That's why it was amazing when, uh, when <laughs> Roma won for Best Cinematography because that's the only time that the film director that got The director yeah. is, yeah, interesting. And then uh, The Father gets nominated for best editing really okay well, uh, i gotta check out this movie i don't know anything about it i i don't i have never seen I, all i know is he's battling um dementia yes and there's a little bit of 
trying to get into the headspace of what his perception of reality is. Oh, okay. So it might be, uh, the editing might have something to do with it. Right. Okay. Okay. That's interesting. Now, traditionally, one of my favorite categories of the year, and I think this has been really impacted by the year we've had, where a lot of films that might have had amazing cinematography were not available. And some of the nominees in this category are a bit of a head-scratcher for me. Okay, interesting. And I never get that much on the best cinematography as head-scratching, but this year is different. Okay? Do you have the names, too? Or just the titles? Unfortunately, this year I just have the titles. Maybe that's what's making it go faster, is that some years I actually have who's nominated. Yeah, Um, I mean, it would make... For some of these categories, I think we'd need them for... For short film, I don't really care, but for cinematography, I kind of want to know who they are. Okay, I'm going to just do you a, I'm going to do you a kindness. Thank you. <laughs> I am going to look them up as we, I know some of the names, okay, but. Right, uh, okay. Didn't on this one. Okay. <sighs> Judas and the Black Messiah, Sean Bobbitt. Okay. And okay. Sean Bobbitt uh, didn't get nominated and probably should have for, uh, 12 Years a Slave. Oh, interesting. He also okay. shot Hunger and he shot Shame. Uh, he's a great cinematographer. Oh, so he's worked with Steve McQueen. Okay. Yeah. yeah. This is his first nominee for an Oscar. Okay. I uh, I liked the cinematography in that movie. I did too. Yep. I mean, again, it's a surprise, though. I feel like yeah. that it probably got nominated because there weren't a lot of choices. Uh, right. Then now... Um, this one I wholeheartedly agree with. Uh, Mank. Yes. I yep. mean, you know, cinematography. No, it kind of speaks for itself. It's just a beautiful looking movie. Shot by Eric Messerschmidt. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he did it did some interesting stuff. He was actually a lot of um, camera and electrical department work before. Uh, oh, okay. But he did some stuff like he shot episodes of Raised by Wolves and he shot Mindhunter. Oh, that's, that's where Fincher yeah. hooked up with him. Okay. Yeah. So he hasn't done a lot of features. Uh, yeah. But so he's nominated. Well, neither is Fincher. F- Fincher's done a lot of features. <laughs> Shut up. Not recently. No, no. This is a Mank was the first in a while. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I meant. Yeah. I know what you meant, buddy. Okay. <laughs> this one is something I actually disagree with strongly. And it's funny because when we talked about this movie, we talked about the cinematography and how it was at times great. And maybe that's why it got nominated. But at times I thought it was terrible and that that the director of photography could have been fired for it. (laughs) So it gets an Oscar, but I also think it could have got a Razzie. Darius Walski for News of the World. Yeah, it's all over the place, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, I don't understand. I don't know. It's got to be for the night stuff. Well, I guess this is just like people are like, well, it's one of those epic westerns with big, wide shots. Yeah, but the cinematographer branch are the ones that nominate. Okay, well, I... (laughs) I mean, I I like... Yeah, no, you're right, though. There's some great stuff in it. I was just trying to think of the things I liked, and I was like, oh, yeah, that scene and that scene and that scene uh, all look great. And then I'm like, yeah, but that scene and that scene and that scene don't look great. Yeah, I hate I hate these swooping uh, 
the drone know, shots, dr- drone shots, and the bad uh, the bad lens flares, and oof, yeah. So, anyways, yep. the next one I think is going to be your winner and well deserved, uh, Joshua James Richards, Nomadland. Yeah, that's that's well deserved. I think um, I, it's interesting. You know, that's a. <laughs> it's not a flashy movie in terms of the cinematography. No, it could have certainly been flashier if it needed to be. Right. But my point is, you know, sometimes the movies that are nominated kind of like, well, like Mank is obvious, right? Yeah. Yeah. You're going to, you're going to, you're going you're gonna to shit when you hear this next one. Okay. Uh oh. Uh, and it's weird because they like this cinematographer. They nominated him before for something that I didn't think he deserved. Um, he was nominated for Nebraska for cinematography. Okay. Uh, feed on Papa Michael. Yeah. Trial of the Chicago Seven. You've got to be. Are you freaking... shitting me, dude? Come on. Dad uh, oh was nominated God. for best cinematography. It's lit like a TV comedy. It, oh you know my. what? I mean, look at say what you will about Tenet, but why they? Re- that's why I'm saying they hated that, Tenet because uh, the cinematography in Tenet versus Trial of the Chicago Seven. No contest. It doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, you can, I guess, you know, the you can see what's going on in Trial of the Shock. There's enough light to see what's going on. Oh, wait, there's enough light. There's so much light. <laughs> but what about the Five Bloods, the cinematography, and that, that was, was amazing. Great. And that's what I'm saying. I don't understand. Oh, man. So... Okay, I will yeah, get I into this trial of the Chicago 7 thing more, but I have um, an objection politically to the movie. You do? Yeah. Oh, what's that? Uh, <laughs> well, we'll get into it later. But <laughs> Okay, well, now we're going to get into I, it later. I, okay. But I feel like the Academy, I feel like it's a very white movie. Well, yeah, it was about the Chicago Seven. They were yes. white, and then, but then there were, but you know, but like just like the, just like there was a fifth member of the Beatles, there was an eighth member of the Trial of Chicago. There Seven, was an Bobby eighth Seale, member of the Chicago Seven too. Yeah. And when he's in the film, by the way, it's interesting. And then when he's not in the movie, it's not that interesting. Yeah, uh, and overall, oh man, that movie. Yeah, I didn't. I. I know. Well, I like to see you get angry. You get angry. Okay. Uh, best adapted screenplay. This one's a bit of a head scratcher, but hey, whatever. Barat, subsequent movie film. <laughs> Wait, that's an adapted screenplay? Well, because it's based on characters. From <laughs> okay. That's how it works. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Wait, so all sequels are adapted? Yeah. Yeah, you didn't know no. that? Yeah. Really? Yes. Okay. Come on, dude. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> okay, right. Barat. The father. The father. Wow, okay. I got to see this father movie. I know. That's what I'm saying. I might have to take a trip up to Montpelier. We don't know. Um, Nomadland. Nice. I think that's a good adapted screenplay. It is. One Night in Miami. Okay. Not a fan of that movie. Just not a fan. Uh, I uh, I like that movie. I'm that I'm maybe we'll get into that later. Um, I, well, I'll say I don't love it, but I uh, I didn't hate I guess, it, I didn't hate what? it, I just I didn't hate it, but yeah, I just didn't feel like it was awards caliber, except for some of the performances. Well, maybe let's just save it. <laughs> we'll okay, talk about it. uh, then this is a film that's on Netflix right now, uh, The White Tiger. Mm. You know what I'm talking about. 
I saw it go by on Netflix, yeah, but I watched a few minutes of it. As far as the the little trailer that Netflix forces you to watch if you stop right. on it long enough, um, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'll watch it. Okay, uh, you know. So I think uh, based on those nominees, Nomadland is a winner. I I think so too. I'm already feeling yeah. like there could be a sweep here. I think they're going to win a win best adapted screenplay. I think it's going to win editing. I think it's going to win cinematography. Yeah. I think, yeah. well, it, 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 it's definitely, I think, my favorite film of the year. Yeah, and I mean, I'm not saying, it, 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 when I say this, I don't mean a bad thing, but like, I, I, it is my favorite film of the year too, but I kind of wish there was more to, to judge it against. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I would have trouble filling out a top 10 list yeah. for this year. Um, okay, best original screenplay. Here we go. Okay. Judas and the Black Messiah. So not based on a play. I thought it was. Oh, you not. thought it was based on a play. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I uh, Okay. Yeah. Good. I like that screenplay. Yeah. And I think the reasons why, why we, when we talked about the movie a couple episodes ago, it is that, is that it weaves in a story that you aren't so bothered what may or may not be factual. Exactly. Yeah. So yep. I, I'm, I'm good with that, that, that uh, nomination. Uh, Minari, you kind of knew that I was going to get nominated for original screenplay. Yeah. And I think not. N- nothing wrong with that. Can't begrudge it that. It's nope. a good script. Yep. Uh, promising Young Woman. You knew that was getting yep. a nomination for yep. original screenplay. No, no way that wasn't good. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's going to win. That's, that's my that's my my take. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, well, we'll have some we'll have some more time for takes after we get through this. But uh, Sound of Metal, also nominated okay. for original screenplay. And then this one, your personal favorite, the Trial of the Chicago Seven and Aaron Sorkin. <laughs> I, so each time this movie gets a nomination, I hate it more. <laughs> <laughs> see, aren't you glad that you saw it so that you could have the hate? Oh, yeah. Because right. that makes it more fun for the show because <laughs> it, otherwise I'd be reading that and you'd be like, okay, I guess I'm going to have to see it now. Instead, yeah, you're like, well, okay, I saw it and I'm angry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very angry. I'm very angry about that movie. I was excited to watch it. Uh, I saw it back. I feel like it popped in October. Yeah, I think it did somewhere on that. Yeah. yeah. And so I thought that, you know, hot on the heels of uh, the Black Lives Matter movement and there was an interesting thing in the regime. I call it the regime, the Trump regime that right. was uh, hell bent on, you know, making these protesters pay. Yes. I thought there was an interesting analogy to what the what really happened in the late 60s with the Chicago 7. Yes. Um, but then we got this movie instead, and I knew we were in, like, bad areas when you had, like, what, squeaky clean guy there playing the uh, the prosecutor. Um, what's his face? Oh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah. yeah. And it just felt like, mm, yeah, th- these don't the, feel the, like, he didn't feel lived in as a real person. The I whole movie didn't crazy. feel lived in. It felt yeah. like a cartoon to me. Yeah. There was, like, again, there was one... The one thing that I thought was great, and I, and I thought it was actually great writing, etc., but it was also a big problem I had for the movie was the scene with uh, Michael, Michael Keaton. Keaton. I yeah. thought it was a great scene, and it was so well written. And then that was the problem because you know that <laughs> that that did not happen. It didn't happen. Maybe some version of like you know like the incident of reaching out to that guy like that happened, right. but like it was all designed to have an awesome scene. Yes. And that just felt bogus to me. 
Well, yeah, the whole movie feels bogus to me. I like Frank Langella's performance was embarrassing. Oh, see, I liked it, but it was part, but it, I liked it because it fit in with the rest of this ridiculous movie. It just. Well, like, no, it's just everything's ridiculous and over the top and cartoony and there's no depth to the characters. Yeah, I mean, it should have been if this movie had been made like in the late 70s and was shot by uh, it was like either directed by Pakula or Lumet. It might well, have been Lumet would have made a good movie out of this. Yeah. But like remember like Injustice for All, wasn't that Pakula? Yeah. 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 Like so something like that. And of course then then playing the defense attorney would have been Al Pacino going, "You're out of order." Uh, yeah, that was This whole terrible. trial of the Chicago no, Seven's I, out of order. <laughs> I, I actually think Mark Rylance is the best part of the movie. Oh, Rylance. Now now okay, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to um jump the lead here. He wasn't nominated. What? For supporting actor, and I thought okay. Rylance was the best part of the movie. Yes, he is absolutely the best part of the movie. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, it's weird that, you know, how it That works, it gets but... nominated for all the things it does wrong. Yeah. And... Mark Rylance was absolutely 100% the best part of the, tr the trial of the Chicago 7. But here's the yeah. worst part of that movie is that I'd already forgotten that he was in it. <laughs> <laughs> that movie had faded so fast from my memory. <laughs> I swear to God. Um, you know, it's funny. Uh, Craig Wazen, I know you're, you're, you're going to be listening to this. What I'd be very interested in is that, you know, you might have an interesting take on that whole late, late 60s period. And oh, you yeah. may be more familiar uh, about the, what happened around the time of this trial at Chicago 7. And, uh, you know, you may have seen the movie. And I'd be kind of curious as to what your take of the film was, you know, yeah. um, on that movie. So, you know, yeah, send me an email. Send us a note, Craig. <laughs> okay. Now we're getting into some of the acting Oh, good. Yeah. Ooh, and of course, okay. you know, for every of the five nominees, there's always going to be somebody on the outside looking in. So we can maybe talk about people who didn't get nominated. Uh, but like I, Mark Rylance. Poor Mark Rylance. So we already know he got, I don't know, I don't like the word snubbed. I think that there's some pretty good deserving yeah. uh, people, but he wasn't considered, I guess, enough. Um, but for original screenplay, I've seen all those nominees and the my ballot goes for me personally, out of the five choices, mm -hmm. would be Promising Young Woman, giving it to Emerald Farrell. So, okay, yep. for me, I, ooh, you haven't seen Sound. You haven't seen Sound of Metal, so how can, oh, you're right. Okay, yeah, you can't. I can't you can't. Yep. You don't get to vote yet. I did not realize. I did not think Sound of Metal was going to uh, pick up this many nominations. Well, so that's what I'm saying is why it's kind of interesting. Is I guarantee you, it's one of those like critic darlings that would have never made it into right. the cut under normal years because it would have just it would have just got squeezed out. Yeah. So best actor in a supporting role. Okay. I'm going to go I'm going to go down and up because I think there's a, an interesting better interesting way to do it. Okay. Uh, this is a surprise. He was being pushed by the filmmakers for best actor, but I actually think this is the right slot for him. Mhm. Mm Lakeith Stanfield, Judas and the Black Messiah. Oh, interesting. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a great performance. I really love the performance. It's just, uh, yeah, whether it's best actor or best supporting, that's a little, that's a tough call, I think. It is a tough call, um, but I'm just glad that I think that if it was, it, it, and you know what, you could really make the case that he was the best, you know, the, the lead in the movie, but yeah. he would, probably wouldn't have gotten nominated. And right. I thought his performance was great, and I'm glad that the Academy uh, recognized how good he is in the movie. 
Yeah, he's really good in the movie. And uh, he's got the most interesting character in the movie. So I am very happy with that choice. Uh, I am really happy about the next choice, Paul Racy, Sound of Metal. Yeah, I need to see that. Yeah, or or Paul Racy. I'm not sure how you say his okay. name, but he is fantastic in the film. Uh, he's somebody that when you watch, you've never seen him really before. I think he's been in some stuff, but he is a uh, a, a working hearing impaired actor. I think for all intents and purposes, he's he's deaf, um, but he also can talk. Um, and he his performance is just really, really, really good. And I don't think I would have found the movie as good as it was without him in the movie. Hmm. When he came in, because he plays he plays a role that we've seen in many films that are like Sound of Metal. Okay. Um, but he does it in a way that is just like you just instantly, instantly hooked into the movie when he comes on the scene. Okay. I, yeah. Well, yeah. You're going to have to see Top of- Top of my list, yeah. yeah. Well, it's on Amazon Prime for those who are wondering, yeah. how do I see this sound of metal? Uh, here's a uh, performance that was fine. I wouldn't have put him in the category. I, uh, there's other actors that I thought maybe would be more deserving. I think he's the most known name, which mm-hmm. is what's unfortunate. Sometimes sometimes when, that does it, yeah. Yeah, when you're the best, when there's a lot of great performances in a movie, but you're the best known. Uh, Leslie Odom Jr., playing Sam Cook in One hmm. Night in Miami. Interesting. Okay, that uh, I mean, uh, I, yeah. You know, I mean, I just how do you choose out of that cast is kind of the question cuz they're <laughs> sort of all supporting. They right, there isn't one lead in that um and for my money, it's funny. I think that no, nobody knows his actor, but I thought the guy who played Muhammad Ali was the best part of the movie. I thought okay, he was well, really I, good. I, I, I thought the guy who played Sam Cooke was pretty good. I mean, he's kind of got the, the guy Leslie Odom Jr. The guy from Hamilton. Uh, well, I know. <laughs> That's why he's so well known. Yeah, he's. Aaron I thought he Burr, was great, man. I thought he was great, and uh, I thought his character has more of an emotional arc in the movie than some of the other ones. And he has to sing. The others don't have to sing. And he has to sing. And he yeah. does sound a lot like Sam Cooke when he sings, you know? He's great. Uh, the scene, Yeah, he's great when he sings. Yeah. Um, but uh, so he's nominated, and it's really tough because there's a lot of uh, supporting actors this year that could have been nominated for stuff. Uh, then another well-deserved nominee, Daniel Kaluuya, Judas and the Black Messiah. Yep. Also, yeah. So that's I'm, what's I'm weird that, is not, like, but both guys, one is a lead and one, but they both got nominated for supporting. I don't, I think they're both leads though. Well, right. So it's interesting is that they, but they're not, no one's leading enough. And so <laughs> no they one's both leading enough to be the lead. Yeah. But when's the last time a movie happened where you have two guys that are leads, but they both get nominated <laughs> for supporting. for supporting. That's it's interesting. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. So but I mean. Two great performers. I'm glad this movie's getting some attention. I liked the movie. But here's the, here's the problem though, is uh-huh. that because of that. Right? They're going to cancel each other out. Could they? I don't know. I yeah. mean, you know, I mean, it was seeming it, with the way the awards were going, it looked like it was going to be Daniel's Oscar. Right. To win. Uh, and then here's this one I think is going to be your favorite of the nominees. You ready? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You can't okay. even do it. <laughs> I, can't, I can't. I was just trying. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay. It wasn't Mark Rylance, but it's Sasha Baron Cohen for the trial of the Chicago no. Seven. No, 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 yes! no, 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 no. You're, 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 you're messing with me. No, man. I'm not. You are. You that is not. A, it's ridiculous. That is not a good performance. It's not a bad performance. I don't think. Uh, it is. It's a bad performance. He just seems to be like. I don't know. He just doesn't physically look. He doesn't physically. Not only like that, him. he it's he plays it like it's a sitcom. Wait, the whole the whole show is a sitcom, so maybe he fits right in. But there's there is no depth to his performance. NBC's uh, Must See Comedy Week, starting with <laughs> Trial of Chicago Seven. <laughs> I mean, it yeah, it plays oh, like Thursday a, 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 on no, NBC. No, his character is just a, a total cartoon of Abby Hoffman. There's no depth. There's no. Oh, man. I know. I'm sorry. I'm apologizing. I'm apologizing to you. Uh, <laughs> so, On behalf yeah, of the so, academy. So here's what. So when I look at who didn't get nominated, right? Oh, and I and I'm going to pick on. So, well, let's say that Sasha Baron Cohen's the one who stole it from somebody else. Is yeah. that Mark Rylance? If we were going to nominate anybody for Trial of Chicago Seven, it, it should have been, been Mark Rylance. Yeah. Um, quite honestly, when Best Supporting Actor used to be a cameo type role. Michael right. Keaton to me was would be more worthy. Yeah, that, so yeah. I thought his performance yeah. was fantastic. He was the best part of the whole movie, uh, and he's just got one scene, but it's just so great. Yeah. Um, then also think about like the entire cast. Uh, the uh, besides like Chadwick Boseman, who was really the lead in Ma Rainey, all of the supporting guys in that movie were fantastic. Yes. Then think about. The people that you could have nominated from from the five bloods in supporting roles. Yeah, so, pretty much everyone. Yeah, so would a be lot supported. of actors didn't get nominated. Uh, and like I said, you know, you, I wouldn't begrudge Daniel, Leslie, Paul, Lakeith, but Sasha Baron Cohen. I am begrudging that. Well, if they were going to nominate him, they should have nominated him for the first Barat movie for best actor because he was great in that. He was, but this no, this is this chagrins me. Yeah. Okay. So now I'm gonna just we're gonna take it down a notch. We're gonna go okay. to best okay. actress in a supporting role. Okay. Uh, Maria Bakalova, Borat. Subsequent movie film. She's the best part of the movie. Okay. She really is great. And did you? If you're gonna laugh in that movie, you're gonna laugh because of the stuff she does. Uh, and and you, first of all, it's also it's a performance that just like I guess the first Barat movie where you couldn't believe that Sasha Baron Cohen had the guts to go there. Right. You, you can't believe that this person who had basically no acting experience does the stuff she does in this movie. So I recommend the movie just to watch her performance. Okay. Okay. I wouldn't nominate this person. And she was nominated for a Razzie. Glenn Close. Hillbilly Elegy. And she uh, Razzie for the same performance, huh? Razzie for the same performance. <laughs> yep, and that's where she belongs. I mean, she's not terrible in the movie, but the fact that they nominated her, shame. And if she could, if she ends up winning, that to me is the is the darkest stain on the Academy Awards in, in this year because it's yeah, like you don't want to have been nominated as much as you have. Like I think that there's more merit to being nominated seven or eight times and never winning, kind of like Peter O'Toole, than to right. win for this movie. 
So well, and it, I definitely don't feel like the zeitgeist is behind her. I don't. Uh, she's I don't not going so. into this. No. Yeah, she doesn't have the hype. I don't think. God, it's, and it's terrible. not like, well, it's her turn. Sometimes you know? people feel that way. But anyways, uh, she's also competing against Olivia Coleman for the father. I want to see that movie. I know, it's the one I, I want to see. I love Olivia Coleman. Yeah, and she was great in The Favorite. Yes. Uh, and, and she won in The Favorite. So uh, that's the film that I still have to see. Then uh, this this is a person who early on they thought was a lock. Then she wasn't uh-huh. getting nominated in some of the big ones. So they thought, oh, no, she's not going to get nominated. And I was worried because I thought her performance was fantastic. But she did get nominated is Amanda Seyfried in Mank. That is a great performance. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. I, I love it. Um, and then another performance that you weren't sure whether she'd get nominated or not. I thought she was fantastic in it. Uh, Yu Young Yon in Minari. Oh, she's incredible. The grandma. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, so she is the sassy grandma. And yeah. She's awesome. Yep. Great performance. Yep. Yep. I mean, to the point where I was just like, oh, she's a real person. Like, yes. <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. like she's yeah she it doesn't feel like a performance in a way it's so it's so lived in and natural yeah so i can't make a choice because i haven't seen olivia coleman and the father uh yep. but say they you know they say there was a gun to my head and i had to make a choice today my choice would be amanda seifert for mank okay um you love mank I, well, I mean, I don't know, love, but I, there's things I loved about it. Um, a close second for me would probably be Yu Young Yoon and Minari, and then uh, Maria Bakalova and Barat. Yeah, my first choice would be Glenn Close. <laughs> yeah, okay. You haven't even seen that movie, but see, you're giving And her I a, refuse to see it. You're giving her a career Oscar for it. Yes, exactly. Uh, <laughs> Glenn Close would not, I, I don't know who, I, I guess if I was to slot somebody right now for best actress in a supporting role, over Glenn Close, which would be pretty much anybody in any movie I've seen yeah. this year, uh, I would give the little girl in News of the World. Oh, yeah. She was great. Yeah, she's way better than Glenn Close. Yes. So, or the ghost girl in Midnight Sky. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. Here we go. We're, we're moving along. Uh, best actor in a leading role. Ooh, okay. Some interesting choices here. Uh, also, you know, because the Oscars in many years have been accused of not being very diverse. And, yeah. uh, you know, this like how is many, the year of diversity. How many white English actors can we give it to is usually right. what happens. <laughs> but this year, they actually nominated an English actor, Riz Ahmad, for Sound of Metal. Hmm. Most people don't know he's English because he plays American in almost every <laughs> film. Uh, but he's amazing in Sound of Metal. Um, he was also amazing as the guy, who, the sort of partner in Nightcrawler, if you remember that movie. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's fantastic in this film. It's a short miniseries on HBO called The Night Of. So uh, a good, well-deserved Oscar nomination okay. for Riz. Uh, next this is the one that if you had to put your Oscar money for slam dunk, no way they're going to lose. It's Chadwick Boseman for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Yep. It's a great performance. It is. He's, especially the first half of the movie. It's fantastic. Yes. He's so electric in the film. He is. He's just, you can't take your eyes off him. Yeah. When he first tells that story about what happened to his mom. Oh, yeah. It, it really is fantastic. And, yeah. it, you know, it's such a shame that he passed away. And I think that. 
if he was alive, like, I think that was the first thing you were like, you know, because he passed away, is that why he's going to get, if he was still alive, this would have been the transformative performance that was going to take him to another level, I think. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Now, do you know, was he sick when they made this movie? Oh, yeah, he was on his practice. Yes, he was, he was very sick. Okay. That's what makes the performance even more amazing. Yeah, he just looks really thin. Yeah, he was he was very sick here, and he was very sick on Five Bloods. Okay, interesting. Yeah. yeah, to the point where there's an interview where Clark Peters was seeing him get all this special treatment, and he thought, boy, this guy, you know, the, the success of Black Panther's really gone to his head, and he was actually very distant from Chadwick because he was, just thought he was such a prima donna. Right. Had no idea that he was receiving all of this special stuff because he was trying to, like, you know, get through the performance. Wow. And so he okay. felt bad after the fact saying, you know, I should never judge. You don't know what a person's real journey is. So, yeah. Um, you know, so Chadwick Boseman was also considered possibly for a supporting actor for Defy Bloods. I thought that was a right. pretty small role and it was. It's and, a pretty small role. He's fine in it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, supposed to be any other year. I think that they're supposed, they're saying he would have won uh, Anthony Hopkins for the father. Um Okay. <laughs> I know there's that father again, but uh I, this movie it's not streaming anywhere. No, is it's it? the, no, it's in theaters. I told you it's playing uh playing I up the know, road in so many plus. so many places are theaters and streaming at the same well, time. Well we're so right spoiled now. right now. I know. That when one's not available, it's like a, it's killing me. Um yeah, I looked back in Massachusetts to just look at the theaters that are near my my family and, and it's playing there. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Might have oh. to take a trip. No, I'm going to wait. I'll wait like another two weeks till it's on Hulu or something. Oh, that's, I'm trying to do, do, dig that up. Find out if it's going to be playing somewhere. Um, okay, this one I think is a surprise. Not because it's not deserved, but he really was out of the conversation for a long time. So I was actually surprised to see his name back in there. Gary Oldman for Mank. Oh, yeah. He kind of has been out of the conversation. You're yeah. right. And, uh, yeah, great performance. And then the last, I think it's a surprise. I'm not saying it's not a good performance, but it's a very quiet performance. And I think you'll agree. Uh, Stephen Young from Minari. It's, yeah, it, it is, you're right. It's not a showy performance, but there, now there's a performance where there's a lot going on under the surface. Yeah, because you actually see, you know, what's, what's fascinating is since he speaks very little English in the movie, you, yeah. have, you see a guy and you watch him thinking about things all the time and yes. not only have to imagine what's going on in his head but he, but whatever is going on in his head is not in a language that you speak so i think that's very fascinating yeah and and you just he uh as a performance the way he deals with showing and not showing his emotions right uh, you know, the actor, can, uh, not the actor, the character can be very reserved at times. Well, there's a great uh, moment when he finds out that the person he thought was going to buy his uh, produce yes. isn't. And he's just suddenly really angry and he's telling um, his partner friend to just put it all back, put it all back. Yeah. And he's really like trying not to lose it. Exa- yeah, that's exactly the kind of thing I'm talking about. Yeah, it's a very layered performance compared to like 
Sasha Baron Cohen, where it's just <laughs> one layer. Yeah. It's just all on the surface and there's nothing underneath it. Now, the one person that didn't get nominated, again, I, I don't understand this Academy's really dislike of this movie. Maybe they just skipped it, but Delroy Lindo for The Five Bloods. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I, they just skipped it because it doesn't. It got know. nominated for score and that's it uh, so far. Um, but I think that if he had been pushed for supporting actor, which I yeah. think. Yeah. He was really not a lead, but they just made a decision early. I think that just he really, if he, they had just said he's going to be supporting, I would have voted for him in a second. I, th- I thought he was really good. Yeah. Maybe it's because he wore that Trump hat. That's probably it. <laughs> it's just like nothing to do with Trump. It's nope. like, I'm pretty sure it's just a character. <laughs> but anyways. <laughs> Uh, we're now moving to best actress in a leading role. Ooh, okay. Yeah, I don't think we're going to see too many. Su- well, maybe, maybe a little surprise here. Viola Davis, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. You're kidding me. No, 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 no. I'm joking, oh, of course. Oh, okay. <laughs> but see, but you know what, though? I actually would have been, I would have gone with you, Mike, because I, I have an issue here with this. Yeah. This is this is where Viola Davis is her fourth nominee, but she is one of these character fraud uh, uh, uh not category fraud people because Right, yes, I agree. It's that, really a supporting role. Is that Ma Rainey, I know it's the name of the she plays Ma Rainey, but it's a supporting performance. It's a supporting performance, yeah. Yeah. And yet in Fences, which she won an Oscar for, they put her in supporting so she could win that Oscar. She was there was no she was a lead. <laughs> she has way more uh, she should have been a lead actress there she had way more screen time and fences than she does in uh, Ma Rainey's but yeah. somehow in Ma Rainey's she's a support she's the best I, I don't understand well, it. It, it's interesting with a couple of these films that are more uh, ensembles you know like One Night in Miami there's not really a lead there's uh, right these you know it's, it's an ensemble so and, and, and I feel like Ma Rainey is a similar kind of thing there's not I mean, Bozeman is maybe the lead. Yes. But I will be – I'll tell you, I, it, it, it would not have been nominated for this. But I thought she was better in the movie with the 1970s and the Girl Scouts or the, or the, oh, the, yes, the, the yes. Troop, Troop Zero. <laughs> Troop Zero, yeah. I don't think that – they think they uh, Amazon pushed that as a TV movie, not as yeah. a movie. But yeah. I really thought that uh, she was more of a lead in that film. Yeah. Well, it is a good performance in Monterey, though. So it is, it is. But, yeah, and I don't, and honestly, I don't know who who should have taken that slot. So, um, anyways, the next nominee, Andra Day. Now, I kept on calling her O'Day. I don't know why I was calling her okay. Andra O'Day <laughs> when we had the last episode where we talked about Billie Holiday. Uh, but she was nominated for United States versus Billie Holiday, playing Billie Holiday. Andra Day, as we agreed, is the best thing in the movie far and away the best thing in the movie yeah yeah so her performance i definitely would give her a nomination for best actress yeah. yep. and what i thought was can't a begrudge that it's, it's, it's a great performance here's yeah. i'm gonna put it to you which one did you like least united states versus billy holiday or the trial of the chicago seven I want to get, I want to get a job. Oh man, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go with Billy Holiday over Trial of the Chicago yeah, Seven. Me too. And the reason is is her performance. Oh, 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 you're saying that you liked it more. 
I liked it more. Oh, 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 I like Trial of Chicago 7 more than Billie Holiday, but I, I did like her performance better than any performance in Trial of Chicago 7. Yes, but I didn't, I don't like anything about well, Trial Well, I of like Chicago comedies, 7. so hey, Trial of Chicago so, 7. Uh, yeah, I mean, me. that's the thing. I'm just, comedy is not my genre. Uh, this one, I heard she's great in it, but kind of a controversial movie because her co-star is Shia LaBeouf, uh, Vanessa Kirby, Pieces of a Woman. She was nominated. Okay. Did that, not see it. That's on Amazon Prime, I believe. Okay. Did you see it? No, I want to, but it was kind of like, ugh, you know, all that stuff going on with Shia LaBeouf. I, maybe I hope that, plus it's a very I'm dark not, I, subject matter. I have no idea what's going on with Shia LaBeouf, and I don't really want to. I'm not so. going to talk about him. He's not nominated for anything, so don't worry. Good. Um, yeah. it, it's about she's having a home birth and- baby dies and uh, emotional aftermath that kind of thing i don't want to watch that it's probably not an uplifter um <laughs> then francis mcdormand nomadland yep that that that's not unexpected no 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 definitely not um, um and, and very deserving yeah okay uh last on the list Carrie Mulligan for a promising young woman. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. I think. Nope. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think what I what else might have uh, who else might have well, taken some of these slots, but uh, she's great. I will tell you who probably should have got in there. I don't know who slot she's supposed to take. Maybe it's Viola Davis, but if you've seen the film, you'll know it's amazing. Uh, Sydney Flanagan playing Autumn in Never Rarely, Sometimes Always. Oh, yes, which I have not seen yet. Yeah. yeah. And if we were looking for an addition to add to Best Actress's supporting role, her friend, played by Talia Ryder. Um, but I think this is that Independent Spirits Award. Yeah. It's like it's too small a film. It's about a subject matter that... Uh, it's tough for the tough academy. for those old folks in the academy. Yep. <laughs> you know, don't want to see any of those pro-choice films, uh, <laughs> or a film, you know, or or a black guy wearing a Trump hat, or a black guy wearing a Trump hat. That's just a little bridge too far for for, those. <laughs> for the old for the old boomers. Okay, best directing. Here we go. I'm going to save the surprise for last. Okay. Okay. Because it's the first on the list, so I'm going to going to reverse it. We have. Emerald Fennel nominated for a promising young woman. Great. I'm happy about that. I thought yeah, she, that's cool. It would actually be in my top five uh, for directing. Chloe Zhao, Nomadland. Yes. So this it, is the first time two women have ever been nominated. That's pretty amazing. Year. Yep. That's pretty amazing. Yep. It's hard to get just one, never mind two. Um, also, what was really cool, Stephen Young for Minari, first time and. Yeah. Asian of any uh, nationality has been nominated for best acting. Really? Yep. And well, that's and this year we that, had two. That's disturbing. Both in <laughs> Yeah. Well, I know. But so this, this is a year where you look at the good that came out of the Academy this year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, another uh, to talk about diversity in the directing category: Lee Isaac Chung for Minari. Great. Yep. He was nominated yep. for GGA Award as well, and so was Chloe and Emerald. So they're so far following yeah. that pattern. So far, no big surprises no. yet. Uh, David Fincher for Mank. Yeah. Okay. So for me, my top three films, because again, I don't have really much, you know, there. my top three, David Fincher, Chloe Zhao, Emerald Fennell, were all in there. We're um, all in there. Yeah. yeah. And then 
this is going to please you, I think. Mm-hmm. There's no Sorkin for Trial of the Chicago 7. Yes. He got a DGA nomination, yeah. by the way, um, but he did not get nominated. Took, they took him right out of that director category. It's slotted fantastic. In a, slotted in a real surprise, a, a very big surprise. And this is classic Academy director's branch. <laughs> what do they love to do? They love to nominate some foreign film director. Right. Thomas Vinterberg for another round. What? Yes. That is a huge surprise. It is. And actually, I heard his performance, the guy in it, the the guy that played Hannibal in the TV show. Yeah, Mads Mikkelsen. Yeah. yeah. He might have been a slot for best actor, okay. but he didn't get nominated. But yeah, out of nowhere, Thomas <laughs> Vinterberg, another round. Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Vinterberg's interesting in general. I, uh, yeah. I got to see this uh, another round movie. Have you seen it? No. Have you? Okay. No. No, I'm going to get to it. I'm going to get to it. That and The Father, apparently, are the ones yeah, I have those to see. Yeah, those are the two, and Sound of Metal for me, is the, those are the yep. three I'm missing. Yeah, and I'm missing another round in The Father. So the only other one that you really got to see is The Sound of Metal, and then we yeah. both have to see. So hopefully in the coming weeks, we'll be able to review we'll The be Father to- and another round. We'll make yes. a point. Um, okay, here's your slot. Your best picture nominees. We got eight Ooh. this year. Oh, okay. Which is going to be controversial in that since there's 10 available, you know, why don't they just make it 10 and make people vote? Because then there's not going to be any out people left out. Right. Yeah. And there are a couple of omissions. People thought that these movies were locks and they didn't get nominated. So this will be interesting. That's crazy. Yeah. And okay. The movie that you and I just got to see, The Father. <laughs> it's nominated. <laughs> and this movie, I feel like it's got no press. Yeah, uh, it's got a lot of nominations this year. <laughs> it's got a lot, but I but I feel like I have not heard people talking about it. Like it has not come on my radar uh, uh, in a big in a big way. Yeah, Judas and the Black Messiah. Okay, yeah. I I'm down with that. Yeah, I'm down with it. Mank. Yeah. Minari. Great. Yep. Totally expected. Nomadland. Mm-hmm. Promising young woman. Mm-hmm. Sound of Metal. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Just because, you know, it's just the same movies over and over again. All right. Um, but Sound of Metal, I think, is the surprise in that it it, is. it made yeah. such a strong showing, and it could have easily been the movie that everyone was talking about, like, oh, they forgot about Sound of Metal. Right. Yeah. Um, but now, we have one last one. Uh-huh. All right. Here's what's not nominated. They didn't give it to The Five Bloods. They didn't give it to Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. They pretty much shut out that One Night in Miami movie with the exception yeah. of a couple of nominations there. That's like a shock for a lot of people, even though if you've seen the movie, I just didn't think it was worth all those all the accolades. I thought it was an okay right. movie. Um, so none of those got nominated. Tenet, of course, did not get nominated. <laughs> uh, but here's what did get nominated. Are you ready? Uh-huh. The Trial of the Chicago 7. <laughs> no. The Teal's no. number one choice this year for entertainment, Aaron Sorkin's The Trial of the Chicago 7. I, I got to say, this is quickly becoming my worst 
film of the year. <laughs> well, there's always that one, like in normal normal years in the Academy, when they only used to do five, remember, there would always be that one yeah. film that you're like, like, for instance, Chocolat. Like, there would, be, right. <laughs> there would be the Harvey choice, whatever he forced upon everybody, and you're like, why is this movie getting nominated? <laughs> so if you think about it that way, at least there's eight films to balance out the trial of Chicago 7, right. which is just going to be that film that no matter which way you slice it, you're going to scratch your head and say, who really liked that movie? I, I uh, It's one of those movies that uh, likes to, that thinks that it's a good movie. I'm going to tell you who likes it. Old white guys who think they're liberal, but if you actually really delve into their politics, they're not that liberal. And the guy who loves it is that Jeffrey Wells reviewer guy. Yeah. He loves that movie. And I'm like, so that was my earlier on in the show. I said, I have a problem with how white this movie is. That's why. Yeah. But it's that one that makes white people feel good. (laughs) Yes, exactly. It it does. That's exactly what it does. Hey, look at us. We, we, uh, we're capable of, uh, protesting things too. But you know, it's funny. It's balanced out by Judas and the Black Messiah, a much better film about the same type of politics, like the, the, the era but yes. a very much more fascinating film about who is really being oppressed. <laughs> exactly. Who's actually being oppressed? Because I got to say, it's not Tom Hayden. <laughs> Tom Hayden is not being oppressed. You're funny. So that's it. Well, he, 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 he was married to Jane Fonda, not at the time, but, you know, he uh, he spent his life hanging out with celebrities. <laughs> He's, <laughs> you know, it's like a bunch of privileged white dudes. Well, that's the thing is, I think that uh, like trial of the Chicago Seven is that homogenized, packaged up. Hey, look, yes. this is this has happened in the late sixties. But if you knew anything about that period, it feels yeah. very false to me. It feels totally false, and this is my problem with Sorkin sometimes is that it just feels so scripted, and. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you delight in the way he's able to do that rat-a-tat dialogue, but I felt in this case, I feel that he's better at that when somebody else is directing him because maybe they maybe they hone it in or something. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, uh, yeah, he's just not a great director. Yeah, because I loved his script even when it was fake and manipulative in The Social Network. Yeah. But Fincher uh, really helped make sure that that was a great movie. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And yeah, some of that falseness I don't really mind in certain of his stories because I feel like it's a little more allegorical or something or he's playing it he's playing it to be kind of funny, you know. Uh, but this I felt like he was playing it to be kind of funny and it shouldn't have been. Yeah, you know. It's a silly, it's a silly, silly movie. Well, you know, it's too bad we didn't get a chance to debate it early back in October when it came out, and then we would have just been like, what? But, you know, it did get nominated, but like I said, look, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, Mank, those are three of the films that I felt were high caliber. I also... I like Minari, so I don't have a problem with that. I like Judas and the Black Messiah, don't mm-hmm. have a problem with that. Um, I like Sound of Metal, so, you yeah. know, and I bet you I'm going to like The Father if I can ever get to see this thing. <laughs> now, yeah, I was expecting a little bit more uh, Ma Rainey. Well, that one just seemed like it was a lot, but I got to tell you, right? Anybody who really watches this film, outside of that 
all the great performances. It's a great, yeah. great, great performances. But the story that we're watching for an hour and a half isn't that great. No, it's true. And I I think we, I don't know if we talked about it on the show, but I feel like the ending is kind of a misstep. Well, we didn't talk about it on the show because you hadn't seen the film. Oh, yeah. Okay. You, well, you've seen it since you, you were like, oh, I think it's going to get nominated. Now, here's a question. If if you knew what the nominees were, like you now you know, yeah. would you have maybe put Ma Rainey on the back burner and then watched Sound of Metal instead? Yes. <laughs> yeah. And you certainly, well, if you'd known it was going to get nominated. Well, you 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 watched The Trial of the Chicago 7 because you knew it was going to get nominated. Well, and- yeah, I, I looked at like what are the critics' top 10 and I, you know, what's winning the other awards and getting nominated for DGA and stuff. And I, yeah, and I sort of was like, okay, here's the films I need to to see to try to, uh, but yeah, Sound of Metal was not high on my radar, whereas, uh, you know, Ma Rainey was. Um, it was getting more hype. Yeah. And and for those who are listening to this, uh, if you're interested, you know, we've in the past several episodes, we've talked about almost all of these films. And yeah. uh, just our last episode, if you haven't caught it, I've caught it. Boy, it's early. It's that time <laughs> change. If you haven't, if you didn't get a chance to catch it yet, <laughs> we do talk about Minari and we talk about um, the United States versus Billy Holiday in that episode. Yes. Yeah, and, and there was no love for Barb and Star, even though I enjoyed it as a comedy. It didn't get nominated for its song, and it didn't get nominated for a screenplay or anything. But what are you gonna do? Yeah, I liked yeah. it better than the Trial of Chicago Seven. If that showed up there instead of the Trial of Chicago I, Seven, I, there are so many movies that I liked better than Trial of Chicago Seven, oh, like oh, yeah. Midnight Sky. No, 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 that's like, that's your go-to. That is the, that would be in my top five. Like, so if I was to really, I think I have a a worst music without question is the worst film I saw this year. Then, uh, Midnight Sky, I'd probably put as number two for worst. And then I would put Hillbilly Elegy as number three. Mm -hmm. And then I Care A Lot would be number four. I really hated that movie, but, uh. There was one other one that you hated too. I'm trying to well, remember. Well, Hillbilly Elegy. That was just hard. No, there was another one. Was uh, there? It was from 2020? I kind of. Yes. Uh, yes. I know what it was. What? I, or, I don't know if it counts as 2020. All right, uh, Shadow in the Clouds. Oh, God. That's 2020. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, boy. Now, what do we. Oh, now you. Okay. Now I'm going to reevaluate. So it's m- <laughs> music. Absolutely. One of the worst films I've ever seen. Shadow in the Cloud, number two. <laughs> then Midnight Sky, <laughs> then Hillbilly Elegy, then I Care A Lot. Boy, I actually like Care A Lot more than I thought. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Only five of my top worst. Um, but, oh, I, without question, man, you, you never saw the Hillbilly Elegy. Uh, no. It's it's not good. It's not good. I'm never, never going to see it. Though I would like you to see it and then tell me if you like that better than the trial of the Chicago 7. <laughs> you might have found it more genuine. <laughs> Trial of the Chicago 7 is definitely my second worst film of the year. <laughs> you, you're you just being, you just pick. You you wanted to hate that movie, and then it, it gave you enough for you to hate it. Where <laughs> it, it gave me more I than was disappointed. I was it. hoping it, but I was concerned because Sorkin's debut effort as a director, Molly's Game, that Molly's Game. was terrible. Yeah. It was yeah. awful. Yep. And those scenes with her and the lawyer were just the worst. Were just, yes. And that was more of that made-up Sorkin nonsense. Yes, it's the made-up nonsense that I feel like, you know, uh, Sidney Lumet would not have stood for. Yeah. By the way, that was the sort of, that's that made-up nonsense is what I didn't like about One Night in Miami. Hated it. 
Yeah, no, I get that. Yeah. I get that. I just, uh, I, I ended up liking the performances in One Night in Miami. And, uh, I had yeah. no problem with the performance. I mean, I didn't hate that movie. I would just give, it's just like, if I got to see it without all the hype, yeah, I might have saw, hey, well, it was good. But, you know, but I read it, you know, up on, you don't read up on these things. So I, that movie was being hyped from the first time it premiered to some groups of people that got to see it. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that. Yeah. I was like, uh, oh, Regina King's. One night of mine is amazing. And so I'm like, okay, I can't wait to watch this. And instantly I was like, no, 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 no. Yeah. For me, the movie got better as it went on. Um, and see, for me, it got worse as it went on. Okay. Uh, yeah. I thought the first act was disastrous. And I thought that was like, okay, let's see where this is going to go. Let's see the setup. <laughs> and it was when they got to the hotel, it got very much into the, okay, now we're in a hotel. How are we going to like deal with all these characters in one room? And how are we going to get them to have these little side conversations? Right. And then people are going to get out to have to go to the trunk for something. Hey, let's go to the roof. Oh, let's go into this room. Hey, what's going on in this room of the hotel? Let's, like, let's do that so we can have our own little moment. Or, or excuse me, I got to go to the bed. You know, it was like, oh my God. And, and she you just couldn't frame like you're in that close room that's a challenge right if you're gonna it's, all a, it's be... a huge challenge yeah i mean that's the, that's the deal with bottle movies i i actually what occurred to me as i was watching it was i wish joseph lossie had directed this <laughs> that's well that's, uh, so that's the problem is when we, we we had that thing about composition now yeah. this is a film that demands composition and, and you know what yeah. look Regina well, King no, no but also the reason I bring up Lossie is because of blocking in a small space. Well, that's the same. Yeah, blocking, yeah, but and, also and framing, in composition. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the thing is, is that that's a challenge. Now, now she got good performances, so I guess you could say, hey, she did good at his directing. But I think that people think that's all there is these days. And right. That, like I said, you know this. It happened in Ma Rainey. Is it's this floating. Steady cam that just keeps going, zooming left and right and moving all yep. around. And even when it's supposed to be a still shot, it's bouncing up and down. And it's like, what the hell? <laughs> that happened. That distracted me so much in that movie. Yeah, totally. Well, I mean, here's the thing, though. Like, One Night in Miami did not get a lot of nominations. So No. So, I guess there's other people who thought the same thing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, look, I, I'm glad that whether or not I liked One Night in Miami, here's what was interesting is you actually had five films that legitimately – if they were on the best director list and they were all women, you could have made a case for it. So there was yeah. a never, rarely, sometimes, always. Yep. There was One Night in Miami. There was Nomadland. There was Promising Young Woman. Um, so you had a lot of films that could have made the list for best yeah. director from women. And thankfully, two women. Uh, two and, women did. Yeah. And just, I, just, just deserved, by the way. Yeah, so I think that uh, Nomadland is going to pick up some awards. I think it's going to be, I don't know, a sweep, but it's going to win Best Picture, it's going to win Best Director, it's going to win Best Editing, and it's going to win Best Cinematography. And maybe even Adapted Screenplay. And maybe even Adapted Screenplay, yeah. Yep. Um, so let's see what else is here. Best Actress. This one's going to be a little tricky because, you know, Andra Day, we'll yeah. have to watch how those other, tri like, how, like, the, the, um, the SAG Awards go, but I think that there's a lot of people that are going to vote for her. Yeah, except that the movie is such a drag. That could be a problem. I think Frances and that, McDormand. And that, yeah, Frances McDormand. If I was, if I was, look, I haven't seen Vanessa Kirby's uh, performance, but otherwise, my I'd say the best performance that I saw out of those five was Frances McDormand. But yeah. I also really like Carrie Mulligan, and I. 
just mm-hmm. feel like that's the one that a lot of people are going to be like, let's give Carrie Mulligan the award. Yeah, except I feel like Nomadland just has the uh, momentum going for it. No, because Frances McDormand won a few years ago for Best Actress in a movie that just, that was a terrible movie. I hated that What movie was it? Three Billboards. Oh, I didn't see, I started watching that and I just thought it was awful, so I stopped. So I actually didn't like her performance in that movie. Okay. Yeah, Um, lots of people really loved that movie and I I liked some of that director's other work, but. No. So that's the problem is that she just won. And so they're going to be like, you know, so there's a lot of other choices. I don't think Viola Davis, she just won an award a couple years ago. I think that it's really Andra Day or Carrie Mulligan. Yeah. Um, Uh, Okay. And then best actor. I mean, look, I, Anthony Hopkins, the father might be the, I don't know, but there's no way Chad, Chad, Chadwick Boseman, hand him that award. It's got to be Chadwick Boseman. And it's, and I, I don't, have any problem with that I don't, it's a great performance i don't i don't i mean you know me if i see anthony hopkins and the father and i think that's the best performance i would yeah. vote if i was the voter i'd vote for that just because i always vote for what i think is the best but if i had to put money down on anything it's chadwick boseman all the way yeah um uh, supporting actress let's see who do i think is gonna win <sighs> this one's gonna be really tricky because i think that you're not gonna get the the barack girl's not gonna win no olivia coleman is not going to probably win, though it would be funny because she beat out Glenn Close for best actor. <laughs> That's right. That would be hilarious if she won again. Um, you know, <clears throat> Amanda Seyfried, I don't think a lot of people like Mank. I think it's one of those movies that gets nominated, yeah. but I don't think people like it. Yeah, it got a ton of nominations, but uh, yeah, I think I think you're right. People it, did not fall in love with Mank. Now, I think that if people watch it, they're going to fall in love with Yu Jung Young in Minari. Yeah, and I think that... Uh, probably, well, I, I don't know. People are watching Minari. It got a bunch of yeah. nominations, but I think it's, uh, th- this is going to put a little bit more hype behind these movies. So, so sadly, if I had to put money down, I'm probably going to say that Glenn Close is going to win. No, no. I hope not, but anyway. Okay. We'll and then see. supporting actor, if I'm putting money down, I'm putting money on Daniel Kaloya for Judas and the Black Messiah. Okay. But I want Paul Racy to win. Because I thought he was amazing. Okay, and yeah, I know I that you want Sasha. Yet. You want Sasha Baron Cohen for the trial of Chicago. No, I want Lakeith Stanfield. You thought he was better than Daniel Kaluuya? Yes, I kind of did too. <laughs> <laughs> well, Daniel had like the the big speeches and the angry. Right. You know, it's like it's a lot of passion, and that's what the Academy goes for. But Lakeith Stanfield had the trickier role. Yeah, and the more complex character and uh, and more of a character arc in a way. And I think the scene for me that really proved that is the scene where uh, Daniel's given his big speech in that room and Lakeith is caught between, because he, yes. he knows that his minders are watching him. He's caught between wanting to support the movement for really wanting to support the yeah. Black Panther movement, but also being careful to look like he's supporting it too much, but then finding himself caught up in it it was it, there's like a lot of complexity going on with the things he has to do exactly and the the scene where he's almost like they they think he is uh an fbi agent or undercover and they test him with the the key to the car um and you know doing um yeah hot wiring that that's a great i mean so there's a lot of really there's, cool emotional things that he has to do in that movie well and his what's that actor's name jesse clemens yeah Clement. Clement. Clemens? Yeah. Yeah. 
Jesse Plemons. Their scenes together are great. Yeah. So, I mean, it's really tough. Yeah, that last, the, their last scene together when he asks them to draw the map of the apartment, uh, yeah, you see what's going on in this character and feel it. You really look like deeply. he wants to puke. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's going to be interesting because I thought that it was a lock for Daniel uh, Kaloya. And now that yeah. Lakeith Stanfield's entered the picture, it makes it tough for voters. It does. Because it really now they have does. two considerations and they're oh, really so good. The- Jesse Plemons was making me think that uh, I'm thinking of ending things, didn't? Oh, yeah. It's been out of the conversation, and that was really – that would be another one that if I had to put a top five together, it would probably be in my top five. Well, I'm just – I was thinking maybe it would get a screenplay nomination. No, you know what? Some movies, a lot – for those few people that love that film, more people hated it. And then I think a lot of other people just didn't see it. They clearly saw the yeah. trial of the Chicago Seven, but they definitely saw trial of the Chicago Seven because that's such an Academy bait, uh, well-intentioned, make you feel good about yourself kind of movie. Okay, guys, gals, everybody out there, we got to cut this short because it's now. <laughs> I, I thought this was going to be actually for a while there. I thought we were going to be in a short episode. <laughs> now we've had the discussion and we're at, at ninety minutes before I've edited it, and I want to get this out to people to tie in with these academy award yeah. nominations so, so let's wrap it up i'm gonna wrap it up and i'm gonna try to edit it as fast as i possibly humanly can so we can get out to you the people um so uh we'll find out i don't even know when the oscars are gonna be they're gonna be I, s- sometime soon <laughs> so we'll yeah. find out whenever the oscars are maybe it's in the beginning of april uh or maybe it'll be in uh, <laughs> in, july. in july it's april 25th it's april 25th that's way too late um yeah. but anyways why not uh it gives us a chance to see the father Right? Exactly. <laughs> okay. So that's the big surprise. That's the one we got to see the father playing somewhere and maybe streaming soon. Uh, on behalf of uh, the Academy, uh, <laughs> Jim and Teal saying goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye.